0: Hello, and welcome to episode three of The Clinical Practice and the Business of Therapy. I'm your host, Landria Seals-Green. Today, we are going to talk about hiring, hiring, well, specifically recruiting. Let's let's go back, recruiting. What does that look like in a sea of post- How do you get people to come to work for your organization, especially when you keep hearing about the drought of board certified behavior analysts or behavior analysts or the drought of speech language pathology? There is a high demand. There's more people who um, there are more employment opportunities than there are actual people. What do you do when you're looking at the the reality that applied behavior therapists or ABA therapists or registered behavior technicians, you know, have a lifespan seemingly about two to three years per organization? How do you recruit and how do you then retain those people that you have? Um, you know, expended and, and supported and put money into because the cost of recruiting and onboarding is pretty high per employee or can be. While it is variable, um, I, I have simplified the cost of recruiting for my own ABA practice. But um, traditionally speaking, um, or I've streamlined it, The, the tradi- traditionally speaking, of course, the cost of onboarding and recruiting in the field of ABA, the field of speech pathology can be pretty high to an employer. So how do you recruit? How do you recruit when there seems to be a drought? I will be honest in saying that I don't seem to have a, I have more people who send their resumes than I have clients to fill. So my ABA practice never really has a wait list. Um, Not because we don't have people knocking down our doors, but because, or or potential clients knocking behind our doors, but because we, um, my years of experience and my openness to and learning from failure, honestly, has really taught me how to recruit and recruit well. And Retain people, and I um, wanted to talk about hiring when there seems to be no bites. So, you have large ABA therapy organizations. Um, I don't know about you, but in my area, I see BCBAs and they put these posts all over these different Facebook sites, or they will put and then there's no one that responds. They'll say, Oh, we're in and we're going to be at ABAI. Make sure you come and check out our booth. And it's like, Listen. You don't have to go to the, um, the largest ocean to catch one fish, all you need is one. You can go to a small pond. You can, so how do you create, how do you onboard and recruit people when there are seemingly no bites? And so the first rule that I learned from a coach that I had years ago was always be on the lookout. So even if I fulfill a position of a behavior analyst, and I don't need that position anymore, I am still going to look for behavior analysts because I know either one day they may go to another organization or two will expand and we will still we'll need another one. So we always keep our, our foot in the, in, in the pond, so to speak. We're always on the look. So when we um, close in on one position, we are still looking. And this is really important for ABA therapy companies because let's say you have a client that is in um, Evanston, Illinois, and you fill that client's hours. So that client is now being serviced because you have hired and trained and you have ongoing training practices for this new um, ABA therapist or Behavior consultant, let's just say that that behavior consultant needs to one go on vacation, or two, they move to Hyde Park, another area of Chicago, and you need to now switch their hours, or they go back to school, or whatever the dynamic may be, you've only kept that position open and you closed it based upon that one individual. So So the, the forecasting for step one of always be on the lookout is not always be on the lookout for filling the one position you are looking at. You're going to have a vision for recruiting. And the vision for recruiting is to always cast your net wide in that area. And you continue to cast your net wide in that area. And then that leads me into um, area number two is where are your potential applicants congregating in social media? Now, this is important because you have a generation of people that are in fate on Facebook, but you have a younger generation who are your new college graduates, who you who are graduating from graduate school, and they are not on Facebook to the degree that my generation is on Facebook. So I am forty one years old. My generation is on Facebook because we are the babies of Facebook. Facebook started with us. You know, we are in the same age range as Mark Zuckerberg. So Facebook started with us. It was really cool because we probably started with MySpace and that was nice. And then Facebook came. But then you have a group and a generation of people behind us who are graduating. And yeah, they're on Facebook, but they are really on Instagram aren't they? So if your recruiters are heavily on Facebook, that is indicative of your recruiters age range. The people that your recruiter wants to onboard are not on Facebook. They are on Instagram. They're not even on Twitter. They're on Instagram and they're on Snapchat. So this means that your recruiters are going to have to learn up. They're going to have to not only be on top of social media, they're going to have to, you know, recruit. They're going to have to actually recruit and go after people in where those people are congregating. So what happens is sometimes your recruiters and people who are recruiting for therapy are passively posting on ABAI sites. They are passively posting on Indeed. They are passively posting on... Um, Facebook. They are passively posting on Zip Recruiter. They are passively saying, hey, come meet us. We're here. And meanwhile, your organization is bleeding money and their onboarding for the new staff is not happening. Why? Because it is passive recruiting. Me? I've had recruiters. And it was a waste of money until I figured out where are my people? And so I automated that particular service. Again, we've not had a position that we've not had at least 10 applicants for. That's for speech pathology, board certified behavior analysts, PTs, OTs, special education teachers, etc. because we go where the people go. And not only that, we're not just posting. We're talking about who we are. We're talking about what we do. So your recruiters are passively saying, hey, come over here. I'm standing on the corner. Hey, come over here. I'm sitting at the table, sitting on a, a chair at a table at a fair. No one wants anyone who is passively... Think about a relationship. If you want if a person really wants to go after you, are you more attractive to the person who is chasing you? Are you more attracted to the person who is sitting down waiting for you to approach them? So if your recruiter is sitting down waiting for people to just approach them because they have put up an ad, big woo, put up an ad and they're sitting there waiting for someone to approach them, then think about human-to-human relationships. Who are you more attracted to? Who will you pair with? Who will you follow? You know, this is this is ABA. This is ABA for neurotypical adults. Are you more likely to pair with a person who has nothing, who's just saying, I'm here because I'm great. Come next to me. Or are you more likely to pair with the person who has something that's attractive, that's talking about what they are doing, that is advertising not from a posting, but is showing how wonderful the organization is. Not just the best foot forward, but how real the organization is. What your therapists are doing on a day to day basis. Not those posts of, it's so great to work here at autism therapy group, it's so great to work here for us and look at our therapist a day in the life. No, I'm talking about a Facebook Live of a BCBA who's getting ready to go to a home visit saying, oh, oh boy, what a great day. I just left a client, going to see another client. I am so glad that in between these appointments, my employer allows me to stop at Starbucks to go and get something to drink because it is tough out here. And as I empower other Uh, my client. I am being taken care of and allowed this time so that I can relax and get ready to go and empower another family. Now that's real. And so your potential employees like wow. So I can work for them. I can go from home to home if it's home-based services. I can go from home to home. Am I employed? I don't have to sneak and go get a drink from Dunkin' Donuts or Starbucks. They encourage that. That is absolutely wonderful. That's the realness that the generation you are after appreciates and quite frankly the unwritten thing the unwritten rule and what no one is saying that's what everyone's after everyone is after someone who will honor what they like what they do and that leads me to my point three point three is do you do reinforcer assessments for your new recruits for your when you recruit people do you try to see what they like or do you do just you know this is how we reward people or do you understand who they are and the dynamics and what makes them tick? Just as you would with a new client, you're going to do the same thing with your potential staff pe- person, a reinforcer assessment. What do you like? That is the most unconventional question in the interview process or even the recruiting process. Talk about what you like, We or you can have your recruiter say, we recently awarded a staff member who was able to complete all of her sessions this month with a gift card to Target. Why do we do that for her? Because she absolutely loves Target. She just had a new baby and she wants to be able to get diapers and she wants to be able to get herself a treat. And this, there's a Target by her home and it's a super Target. Those are the things that help people understand that you want them. Not what they can provide, but you want them. Again, go back to relationships. Do you want to be in a relationship with someone who only wants you for what they can do for you or what you can do for them? Or do you want to be in a relationship with someone who absolutely cares about who you are? So when you are thinking about recruiting, we're talking about not just saying, oh, we need another BCBA or, oh, we need another SLP. We're talking about what's the culture of your work environment and what's the culture of your recruiting process? Is the culture or your post saying, come work for us because we need ours? Come work for us because we have a client in Warren, Michigan, and we need you to fulfill those hours. Forget about who you are. Do you have a working automobile? These people don't want that anymore. You're living in a climate and time where people want relationship, especially and especially when you look at what keeps a person, what keeps you in a relationship. When people are for you, not for what you can do for them. They are for you, for who you are, and for and they seek to support you in this in the position and place of where uh, of, of of where you are right now, which leads me to another um point, which is my point number four, figuring out what people want based upon culture, the geography of where they are. I um had the you know the 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 opportunity. When I first moved to Michigan and I moved from Connecticut and the culture and the workspace of ABA in Connecticut was very different from the culture and workspace in Michigan. So the culture and workspace on the East Coast was people were accustomed to driving to homes. People in Michigan, although it's an automobile, the three um, big automobile companies are here, they really didn't want to drive. They wanted to go to a center. Well, I didn't know that. I didn't seek to understand the culture of my environment and co- the, the in, in terms of geography, the geographical culture. And so I took for granted, you know, you, you know, ABA, you're working with kids, ABA, autism, um, speech therapy, all of those things. I took all of that for granted. I thought, okay, we're all professionals. This is where your workplace is. This is what you're doing. And what I found out was that the culture of those two geographical spaces, I thought, well, what would unite us was the work. And no, the work was the last thing that united us. It was nice. But understanding the location. And the culture of the location, because quite frankly, serving and having people that you're serving in Ann Arbor, Michigan versus serving in Detroit, Michigan versus serving in Sterling Heights, Michigan, three different cultures in the same state. So your recruiters and your recruitment efforts must be targeted. You must know those things. And, and seek to study those things. Again, do I go after the person who is passively saying, come join me, I'm sitting on this bench and I'm so great. I am ABC therapy organization. I'm so great, come and join me. Or does your recruiter need to get up from the bench and go over to where those people are? Congregate where they are. Strike up conversations, not necessarily about come work for me, but strike up conversations about Strike up conversations about what people actually need. Strike up conversations about who they are and where they are going with this thing called therapy. Which brings me to my fifth point. I think I'm on five. My fifth point is, well, what are we thinking about when we say, I have a website. So your website is your online presence, but it's also your office, it's your workspace. So if your website looks like it is client centered, but not recruitment centered, and there is a way to balance those things off, you've gotta look like you want employees there, that it's a place for them to congregate. So one of the things that we are in the midst of doing is creating an intraweb, an intra-website. So I've done this before in terms of a server, but now technology has shifted. And so we have as well. And so we're creating more of a, um, an internal website that is specifically for our um, employees and our new recruits. And then you look at your website and you have to ask yourself this question, are you attractive? Is it attractive? Does it does your website make your company attractive? And so, you know, you want honest feedback. Is the website something that is attracting people to you, to your organization? So I will I have a colleague who is um, in another state, and she would always say, Well, we get we never advertise for organizations um, for open positions. We have people that just email us all the time and asking for. Um, asking us for do we have any openings for positions and that's because she has really done the work of making sure that her company is attractive to her geographical area she knows who her audience is she has she has gotten that um she has captured that market in such a way that while practices around her have faltered for various reasons, her practice continues on because it is, it knows its identity. And so you have to think about, you know, when a person, when we say, Oh, that person is attractive, is it that they're all they're attractive, you know, from a beauty standpoint, or does their confidence of, and their knowledge of who they are penetrate or 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 does it does it penetrate forth and that's how you say oh wow they're so attractive it's the confidence of that organization that oozes out it oozes out in such a way that says as an organization this is what we do this is not what we do this is who we are that's not who we are so they are clear about what They do. They are clear about who they are and they focus on that in terms of a market. So again, I don't think there are... Now, the reality is is that there there, there are more employment opportunities and jobs than there are people. However, if we're all going about recruiting in the same way, over and over and over again, then that level of chaos that is created in the organization where you have a CEO or an executive director that's like, We need a BCBA and we're losing money. We need a BCBA right now. And the recruiter's like, Well, I'm trying. Let's go back and 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 review again what that try looks like. And let's retool that try. So yes, we provide consultation to employees, not to employees, but consultation to different organizations to have them to, and, and evaluate how they look, um, their attractiveness and how they look and and do they understand their culture and how to specifically recruit in their area. Recruiting RBTs and ABA therapists, I'd be all over Instagram. I'd Instagram and I'd have different meetups at different coffee shops. I serve free coffee at the Panera Bread or at Starbucks and talk to them about their careers and who they are. And you build a relationship. You build a relationship. So when they are thinking about a job, they think of you first. So recruiting traditionally and how it looks now is like I, we, need, we have an opening, here's the post and we need someone to come to work for us now. But if we know anything about people and about ABA and about pairing and about being able to have people come to us and make that effort over time less of an effort because you have built a relationship and you have paired yourself very well, then you're going to do things differently. You're not going to say, yes, I have this. And re- whether you like Dunkin' Donuts or not, this is what we're serving today. That's not pairing or reinforcement or, or, or proper use of reinforcers. But what you're going to do is say, let me look at my area. So if I'm recruiting in the state of Michigan, this is what I'm going to offer. And here's the other magic piece. You know that most women are, fill the positions of special education, therapy, uh, health care in terms of um, speech pathology, occupational therapy, and ABA therapy. You also know that women have more life changes than men. Women take care of children. They take care of friends. They take care of family and all of those things. They are the people who are the agents of, of service in their personal lives. So when women have all of these changes in their life, does your current company support the changes of the woman? Now let's just let that marinate for a minute. So if most women who can be career seekers and they want to be clinic directors and they want to be executive directors and CEOs of large therapy organizations and they want to be RBTs and want to one day become a BCBA, does a company support the changing life cycle of a woman as they want to seek these things in their career? If your company does not then it will definitely have to shift because the reality is that your workforce is going to be made up of women. So if you want to maintain a level of stability in your workplace, you are going to have to accommodate women differently. You're gonna have to accommodate women better. That's really why I built Momentum Autism Therapy Services. And it's based out of Michigan. And it started, I think at the beginning of think it did. It started at the beginning of 2017 because as I transitioned from being an owner of a clinic and all of those things and deciding to take some time off to coach and um, um, do some professional development workshops and teach um, in different places across the country, I was interviewing. I was interviewing for different positions of leadership and I was told, oh, you know um different things like one comment was but well, we want you to be here in this office and I thought well your workforce is home based so why would I need to be in an office and they thought they because I had young children and I wanted to have you know the best of both both worlds and I think that I should because I have friends who are in different sectors of um corporate America and they were able to have work from home days and all of those Things And that you, you're looking at um, therapy organizations that are like, no, we want to see you work. You have to be here. We use paper and pencil data, data collection. So in order for you to supervise effectively, you need to come in or look at this notebook. And I thought, it's 2017. It is time out for, you know, by the way, conversations in the hallways and different um, decisions being made in the hallways. I have, I had put a lot into my career. And nothing that should not have faltered or went or go away um, or taken the back seat just because I decided to expand my family. And so I said, you know, there needs to be something that is created for women. So that's our sweet spot. We are we, we hire everyone. Absolutely. But I think that we are um, open to the different stages of work for however people, however the life moves of an employee and that is that has that is what has attracted people to us. And again, we 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 have more resumes and we have clients to treat and they are um, forever going then we have a surge of clients, we're able to put them together and hire these people and it it works out very well for everyone. And you've got to look at is are there really no bites? Or, why aren't people not biting for your ads? Are you attractive as an organization? Is your website, does your website look like a virtual workplace that is inviting to your potential employee? Three, are you congregating from a recruitment standpoint where the people are that you want to attract to your organization? Four, are you just posting ads? Are you talking about What your company is doing, not from an advertorial standpoint, but the realness and authentic grab of the day of your employee, the authentic grab. Are you saying meet me here? We're going to be there. And it's spending a lot of money on traveling to different um, ABAI conferences and Florida conferences and Colorado conferences and still not getting the bites that you need to get. So the passive recruitment does not work from a lot, from where we are as a society. We want from a human standpoint people who are attracted to us to chase us. The other thing is you're always looking. You're always looking, you're always open and finally understanding the culture and the geographical culture of your your potential employees are is very very important so that's it for now if you want some advice on hiring and recruitment and recruitment style and what that looks like and even retention feel free to email me go to my website at www.landriagreen.com i'm there to help i think there is a um, contact page but if not i can always be found on facebook at SLP Guru. Or you can email me at therapy at I look forward to speaking with you soon. And again, let's go higher. There are bites out there. You're just going to have to use a different item on your hook to fish. And you're going to cast that net wide and keep casting it. But no sitting on the couch anymore recruiting. We're not that cute. What we're going to do is do the work of recruiting. Talk to you soon. Bye.